Satan deceives. And the reason is because he's an opposer. He doesn't like what God likes. He hates what God likes. And loves what God hates. And he wants you to do the same to the one who created you. Satan can make you stay 70 years in this world. And not be in the will of God. He can make you do every other thing. And not be in the will of God. Something. Sometimes you feel that the will of God is a plan. But I want to shock you. The will of God is a person. His name is Jesus. If you are in line with him, whatever thing he tells you to do, do it. Don't be in Jesus and choose what you need to do. You have to fight your will for the will of God to come to pass. You have to develop measures to make sure that your will is defeated for God's will to come to pass. I'd rather be broke in the will of God than being rich in my will. I'd rather have nobody in the will of God than having everybody outside the will of God. I'd rather be with nothing with the will of God than having everything without the will of God. no sword let him sell his garments and buy one verse 37 for i said unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me now he's telling the people i need you to pay attention this is jesus struggling around his death he's asking them to go and buy knives when they left he's now telling them but even though they have to buy knives what was written has to be accomplished. I have to finish what I started. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. Alright, 38, everybody wants to go. And this said, Lord, behold, there are two swords. That's the guys are back with the swords they buy. There are two swords. And he said unto them, it is enough. And he came out and went as he was wound and to the mountain of Olive. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone cast and kneeled down and prayed. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. And after that, he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Verse 43. And there appeared an angel unto him and strengthened him. And being in the agony, he prayed more earnestly. And 
his weight was as it were a great drop of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayers and come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. Now, sleeping for sorrow means sleeping because the prayer is boring. And said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And while he yet spoke, behold, a multitude, he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus and kissed him. You may be seated in God's presence. I'll be preaching today briefly on what I call staying in the will of God. You didn't shout. That's not a final city. I'll be preaching on staying in the will of God. Staying in the will of God. It's very important. We've been dealing with prayer series all through this month. And I want you to understand something very, very important. Many times we try to pray, but it's necessary that we pray in line with the will of God. And by the time we're in line with the will of God, prayer is answered. And the reason is because all our prayers are signed. When we finish praying, we need to put a signature to it and put a stamp to it. And uh, we need to sign it in the name of Jesus. And if it doesn't suit with Jesus' standard, then it's not going to work. I tell you that many times Satan answers prayers for people. Let me give you an illustration that will make you understand what I'm saying. If you are in your house and rain is falling, you know I'm talking to young people, and rain is falling, and you are desiring that a lady should visit you because something wrong is going on in your mind. Your mind is corrupt. So you start imagining, and you start praying. Maybe not a really open prayer, like, God, let Cecilia just come to the house now. That it is raining. And all of a sudden, Cecilia comes to the house. It wasn't God who answered the prayer. It was the devil that answered the prayer. And the reason is because prayers that God answers has to be in the will of God. If it does not suit Jesus, then he does not answer it. How does a prayer suit Jesus? The prayer suits Jesus if Jesus will take the glory after the result is given. If Jesus is going to take the glory after the result is given, then the prayer suits him. So he answers the prayer that he can take the glory. He doesn't answer prayers that he will not be able to take the glory. He won't take the glory for somebody who's falling into sin. He won't take the glory for somebody who's falling into immorality. He won't take the glory for somebody who's aborting a baby. And somebody came to me some time ago and said, man of God, I want to go for an abortion. I need your prayers. I wanted to pray that the abortion be successful. I've seen prayer points in my life. Have I told you the one the woman came to me and told me, I have somebody that wants to marry me, but my husband is a stumbling block. And I want you to pray that my husband gives his consent for me to be married. Concerning that thing that you're saying, I have not gone to school. He said, I am actually married to a man who has four children. I have four children for a man, but I do not love him anymore. I love another person so much. And this person wants me to marry him. But my husband is the stumbling block. He does not want my joy. 
And he said, I heard that your prayers are always answered. And that's why I came so you might pray for me. She didn't even finish talking. She had knelt down and lifted up her two hands. And probably started shabaya, like getting ready to receive. And I had to wake her up, remove her from the spirit and start to talk to her. I said, you want your husband dead? He said, you have spoken. God is not foolish to answer any kind of prayers. God looks at prayers and checks if it is in line with his will. And brothers and sisters, sometimes his will is not as sweet as you think. Because his will sometimes is training. I remember the first times when I was into school newly. I so much enjoyed the home. And home was so nice. I remember if you were at home during the holidays, we eat five times a day in the house. But when we are in school, you eat in the morning, come back by two o'clock, eat again and eat in the evening. So you already streams line your food to three times. And sometimes you go to school and come back and discover that they have opened some soft drinks around. And you don't know who opened them and they finished drinking them and they didn't give to you. So my going to school when I was in nursery school was a struggle. I struggled so much to stay back. I remember there was a day my mother had to hold my hands and beat me up to the school gates. I'll be waiting for you, for you to enter. I told her it's already 11 o'clock. So just let me stay back. She said, no. Sometimes what is the will of God is like that. It looks to us something opposite. We don't like it. Sometimes you don't like what God wants to put you through. But that is what he wants to put you through. Sometimes the processes of his training are things that are very ugly. I remember in those days I thought I was going to school for my mother because I was too small, like three years, four years. I think it's my mother that is actually enjoying if I go to school. Maybe she just wants everybody to leave the house so that she can eat all the food in that house and does not want us to eat the food also. And that is why she is treating us like this. When our father comes back, we will tell our father that mommy wants us to always leave the house and come back. And not knowing that our father's will is our mother's will. And so many times you don't even understand that God's will is Jesus' will. So you keep thinking, since Jesus looks so difficult, the things about him look so difficult, so you feel you can pass Jesus and meet God. But he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goeth to the Father. So now, if you want to pray, you have to end the prayer with in Jesus' name. That is, Jesus, if it pleases you, let it be answered. If it doesn't please you, take it away. That's why some prayers are very much nice when we speak in English and pray the prayers. I have a song. If he prays in English, you feel like writing it down or recording it and using it as a ringtone. He has Twitter in every line of his prayers. Oh Lord, I give you the glory. I thank you. I bless your name. I worship you. You are so good to me. Sometimes prayers can be very sweet when we are sending out. But when it comes to Jesus, he marks it like an English teacher. He checks very much, puts on his glasses, and checks if it is in line with him. And sometimes you love somebody so much, and you want the person to get married to you. But God is not just a God of now, but God is a God of now and the God of tomorrow. So he goes beyond now and see tomorrow and finds a disaster that he doesn't want you to get into. And because of how much he loves you, 
what he has to do to tell you how much he loves you is to stop you from getting into that disaster. And sometimes you won't know what God really did to you when he allowed the person to leave until you meet him on the last day. When you meet him on the last day and say, God, why did you treat me like that? Something I love so much. It was my everything. And God said to me, let me show you the future that you missed and open to you, and you now see that you would have died at 35 years if you had married the wrong person. That it was just the will of God for you to go through what you went through. So sometimes the will of God is not smooth and sweet. And that is because the will of God is not always thinking about now, but the will of God is always thinking about the future. It's always thinking about the landing point. And so there's an end that is expected. So it's just like people who score. Sometimes you get into the match and you score first in the next two minutes. And it's so nice. In two minutes, you defeated everybody and you scored. In just two minutes. And the match is about 90 minutes. And you scored two minutes. I tell you all the time that success is not an achievement. I need you to pay attention to this. Success is not an achievement. Success is an accomplishment. When we have finished everything. And we can now say, I have fought a good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. That is why in a Christian race, nobody should give himself an award for a best Christian mother. Such names shouldn't be mentioned in church because none of us should clap for ourselves until we reach heaven. It's not achievement. It's accomplishment. The only time you can accomplish this race is when you've died. And if you die, you cannot worship yourself for the things you've done. So nobody has the right to be boastful over the things he is able to do for God. And the reason why I'm saying all of this is because sometimes God can put you on a training which is his will and it looks like something you don't like at all. And do you know sometimes you mobilize armies to fight against the will of God towards your life and not even know that that's the will of God. Jesus is a typical example today. Now, this is what Jesus did. Jesus' will, in fact, the reason why he left heaven was that he has to die for humanity. It was certain. It wasn't a new thing. It's not like he came to the world and discovered that he had to die. It's not that he came to the world and discovered that the price is dying. He knew before he came. In fact, he was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So he had already done it before. It's not about the dying of the cross. It was just something that was programmed. He was the only one and no other person. He was the one who lifted up his hands and said, I will go. But when he came into the world, he started struggling with the will of God. Now, this is it. Why he had to struggle, I know Jesus is God, but why he had to struggle is that he had to struggle for him to show us what we are going through in trying to be in the will of God. I don't know if I can just bring this message home a little bit. Sometimes God wants you to be a pastor. I don't know. I'm talking to 55 people right here. God wants you to be a pastor. He had called you, but so many times you just walk away and stop coming to church because every time you come to church, something reminds you or somebody reminds you or the pastor reminds you that God has called you. So sometimes you just avoid people who will talk about that. You just try to do something else. You just try to go so deep to the guys who are smoking and just try to get yourself and with other things just to forget that is a human nature many times we fight against the will of God we fight against what God wants us to do but the primary thing in life is that before you were created there was an assignment that was kept for you it doesn't matter what you have done when somebody shooting a gun it doesn't matter where the bullet goes to shoot it doesn't matter what the bullet needs to shoot it what the target was if somebody wants to shoot this thing 
and the target is that I want you to shoot that water. You need to shoot the water down. If you leave the water, the water is very cheap. And shoot this one and this one falls to the ground. You have not shot well. Before God sent us into the war, he had given us a target. And this is what he tells us. By the time you are going to the war, I need you to bring this number of people back to heaven. And that is what I'm sending you for. I don't know how many people you want to get pleased with your singing. I don't care how many people you want to please with your look. I don't know how many people you want to build houses to and share them clothes. But if some set of people that I send you to are not saved, then you are not in my will. Many times God has to push us away from what we love too much just for us to be in the will. Many times God had to close some doors in order for us to be in his will. Many times God had to put some things on hold and make some job not work and make you not get into school and graduate just because he wants you to be in his will. Because it doesn't matter how many credentials you have at the end of the day. If you're not in the will, then you did not do what I asked you to do. This is Jesus is about to die and he knows his will and desire is for him to die. And, and this is what he starts doing. He sent the disciples to buy knives. He sent the disciples to buy knife. I mean the scripture. What are they doing with knife? Are they cutting cake or something? What they are doing with knife is that they want to fight against people who want him to die. But dying is the will of God. Jesus will not be given the name above all names if he doesn't die. People like Aneka and Aquabio and others won't be saved if he doesn't die. The negotiation is simple. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And now but he's struggling with the will of God. He's facing humanity. He's now having fame. And now he's now known by the pilot. A lot of people know him now. And now this is the first time he's driving on a donkey. And you want me to die now? I've been trekking in ministry for years. And now I just drove on my first donkey and you want me dead? Why not just let me build some houses first? And at 33, life was at his peak. His ministry was in his peak. And God said, I need the flesh to go. I need the flesh to die. Come on, let me tell you something. The spirit of the Lord was in Jesus Christ. But it was limited to the flesh. If he dies, the flesh will rupture. And the spirit will explode out. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. And the spirit that is stuck in that container. Now get into every place of the world. So that we can breathe from the spirit. And have the spirit of the Lord. But if you keep being alive. You will be the only one with the spirit of the Lord. And we don't want you alone to be with the spirit. Because except a cone of wind falls to the ground and die. It abides the Lord. And this is Jesus enjoying his nice life. With his 12 disciples, not knowing that there are more than 12 million people waiting to receive it. And he's struggling. He said, God, I love my life so much. I love my friend so much. What will Peter feel if I leave him now? What will John feel if I leave him now? Not the same way you are feeling. What will Mary feel if I just come to Mary and tell him, I'm now born again, I want to leave for good. What will Joshua feel if I tell him, I'm now a born again Christian, I don't want to live in fornication again. What will the other brother feel if I just live the way I like? What will this one feel? What will this one feel? And nobody cares. What will Jesus feel if I just do what he wants me to do? And so the will of God was that you need to die. 
Because the gas inside this container can get everybody filled with so much glory. And Jesus, you are the only one who have the glory. And people don't feel the glory. And that's why John is writing and he's saying, the only begotten son. But if John chapter 1 verse 12, he's talking about that if you believe in him, he gives you power to also become the son of God. Why do you want to be the only begotten son when there are other people who beg to be sons too? So Jesus, who decided to demonstrate to us how our flesh works with the will of God, Tell the people I need you to get me knives. One disciple, two knives. So that when my enemies come to put me in the will of God, you kill them. Two knives. I mean sometimes when you have to invent strategies to make sure that you are not in the will of God. Strategies like, uh, I don't want to live close to the pastor so that I can be able to live the life I want to live. I don't want to be too close to the pastor so that he won't check me. I don't want to be too committed in the church because if I'm committed in the church, I will not be able to leave some things. You now mobilize some armies to fight against you being in the will of God. But as long as you are not in the will, you are not doing the right thing. Except you leave your will and enter his will. You can do the best thing for him. And the first thing is that Jesus told them to buy knives. In the next verse, this is what he said. But what was written about me has to come to pass. As at this time, they have all gone to buy knives. He said, but what was written about me must come to pass. From when I was a child, they told me I'm going to be a preacher. I feel the anointing also. Every pastor keeps telling me that. What was written about me must come to pass. Now, what you have to do is that you have to fight your will for the will of God to come to pass. You have to develop measures to make sure that your will is defeated for God's will to come to pass. I'd rather be broke in the will of God than being rich in my will. I'd rather have nobody in the will of God than having everybody outside the will of God. I'd rather be with nothing with the will of God than having everything without the will of God. They now brought the knives back. They said, we now have two knives. I don't know what you want to do. And when he saw the knives in verse 40, he found a place and started praying. He just looked at the knife and said, now, let me not just defend on the night. Let me just consult God also. And this was his prayer. Now he went to pray. But he had given us the format for prayers before. And that is in Matthew chapter 6. The format for the prayer he gave to us was uh, when you want to pray, tell God, let thy will be done. And so when he went to pray, since the prayer was by us, he forgot to tell God, let thy will be done. And the prayer was, God, take away the cup. Take away the cup. Take away the cup. Closes his eyes, he see what will happen to him in the morning. How he will be beaten. How he will die on the cross. How Cain will enter into his body. How he will be beaten. How he will be spat upon by harlots. And he said, Lord, take away the cup. I don't want to pour my blood into the cup. But if you don't pour your blood into the cup, how will we be washed with the blood? God, take away the cup. And God said, no, I've already brought the cup down. I'm not taking it away. So he started praying, but such a prayer that was not balanced because he did not pray according to what he taught us. He was not praying, Lord, take away the cup. Take away the cup. And sometimes he meet the disciples and the prayer was too boring for them because the Holy Spirit was not in backing with the prayer. So when he meets them, they were all sleeping. And he goes back to them and told them, please, you need to wake up and pray that you don't fall and he now goes back and prays, Lord, yeah, take away the scum. I don't want to get into this trouble. I don't want to be ridiculed. I don't want to die. I don't want to do this. And God said, no. On the third time when he came back to God, he didn't talk about taking the scum again. He now said, nevertheless, 
not my will your will and the bible said immediately he said that an angel appeared him strengthened him many times you want God to appear and take away the problem not knowing that God needs to appear in order to give you strength to face the trouble because the trouble is actually what he designed you for when you read Acts of Apostles chapter 9 you find out that God was the one speaking to Ananias and he said to Ananias I want you to meet my son Saul and why I want you to pray for him is because I have prepared him there are a lot of big he will have to suffer for my sake so that's why I want you to go and pray for him I need him to have the strength to suffer the things I want him to suffer we are in a time in life that a lot of people don't want to suffer for God everybody wants to live a free life with God they don't know that for you to live as a disciples you need to suffer you need to do something so Jesus said when you are praying say lord take me into your will oh lord take me into your will and so this took Jesus into another depth of prayers and lord nothing else but your will i know dying is very bad but i need your will i know if i'd have to die my sheep may scatter because jesus was the one who preached that if a shepherd is is held the sheep will scatter those were some prayer points he gave to god in order for god to change his mind god i'm trying to bring out some facts because uh, you said we should present a strong reason and this is my strong reason if the shepherd is held the sheep will scatter and god said it's better for 12 sheep to scatter than for the whole world to scatter so let them scatter when you resurrect they shall gather again but i need you to die i don't know who i'm talking to but god wants you to pray a deep prayers and not for money not for car not for every other thing but that god will put you in his will and maintain you in his will because the work i see i hate of you is so much the things that i see that god wants to use you to do is so much most of you don't even know that god has called you from your mother's womb and he had put you on a top and you have been the one bringing yourself down there's so much work for you to do all you need to praise lord put me in your will i know smoking wants to take me outside but put me in your will i know women want to take me outside but put me back in your will i know i want to follow my friends but lord put me back in your will even when my desires wants to face the wall put me back in your will put me back in your will in your will lord until i can submit totally in your will lord until i can boldly answer the name you call me in your will lord until i can do what you want me to do and your will lord until i can chase what you want me to chase i can chase the goal of winning souls and winning people to you instead of chasing girls and boys on the street lord i can chase cultists and get them converted if i am in your will but if i'm not in your will i'll only chase alcohol and get myself drunk and die untimely put me in your will lord jesus when troubles of life wants to take me away and make me chase only money and forget about the target because before the day you created me you knew what you created me for and if i shoot everything and fail to meet my targets then i'm not a good shooter if i'm shooting everything but the target was shoot this cop down and i shoot everything else i break the ipad break the pulpits shoot everything around but i can't fall this then i can't shoot well what has god called you to do 
What is the will of God concerning your life? What did God call you to do? What does it look like you have joy in doing that has to do with the will of God? What is it that you know you will be in future but you are too scared to get into it now? I meet some people who tell me, I know God has called me. I, I'm just waiting for the time. Please, can you tell me which time are you waiting for? I keep telling people that this is the future I was praying for. I'm already in the future. I don't expect to have another future. I'm already in the future. Everything I used to say I'll do in the future, I have to do it now. I have to do it now. One of my biggest prayer points is, Lord, don't let me grow old and forget the things I said I'll do when I grow old. What is the will of God towards your life? My great-grandmother died at 120 years. Woke me up one morning and told me, I was about 12 years old. Woke me up one morning and told me, I see you preach to crowd. Crowd is surrounding you. I see you preach to crowd. 12 years, I knew nothing. I was not born again, doing nothing. All I did was singing special number in church. My church never had instruments, so I never had to know. That's why I don't know how to play drums. I don't know how to play instruments. I have clapped my hands all the days of my life. Great grandmother told me, but I had love for songs. As at 12 years, I had started writing songs. And in my mind, I said, I am going to be a secular artist. I'm going to sing. But I didn't add that. I'm going to sing and give glory to the devil. The devil veiled that part. But he wanted me to sing for him. I had a love to sing. I get irritated when Jesus is mentioned in the lyrics. I felt bad about it. And I felt that people are making it look too churchy. That even if we are mentioning Jesus, must we mention his name? But I didn't get irritated when baby is mentioned in the song. If they sing and they mention baby, 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 I didn't get irritated. I didn't feel bad singing the song. And I was saying, my girl, I didn't feel bad. But I felt bad when Jesus is in the lyrics. So if I'm writing a song and there's Jesus, I was like, see, you see, I don't want the people to feel that I am too churchy. Because I never really wanted to belong. But I did it because of the influence of my parents. And I was just waiting for the day I have my freedom. So I can really define my life. I didn't know I never had a life. That what I had was what God gave to me. And because if it was my life, I wouldn't give an account. It keeps telling me every day you will make an account. If you have a shop for yourself, you don't make any account for anybody. But if you're selling for somebody, if you like, it's the money, one day you'll make an account. And so for God to tell me that I'll make an account of my life is a clear indication that the life I live is not mine. And so my grandmother told me, I see crowd around you. This is the will of God towards your life. I told her, no, I can interpret dreams. Because from when I was young, I started interpreting dreams. I said, I can interpret dreams. Let me interpret that dream for my favor. That crowd is a crowd watching me singing. Because I want to go into singing. I wanted to avoid the will of God. <laughs> but the more I avoid it, the more I get close to it. The more I run away from it, the more I meet. Have you ever tried to avoid the checkpoints before? Of the police, not knowing that they've shifted the checkpoints down there. And you took a bad road just to meet the police. And this is what I have discovered about God. If God wants to take you by pitting, you don't allow him to take you by pitting. 
he'll take you by flogging. If he flogs you and you don't run and follow his will, sometimes he will have to drag you on the ground. Have I told you about my uncle who refused to accept God's will? Preaching the gospel. And he was driving a bike. He was an Okat man in Lagos. Making so much money. And God called him and he said, God, don't be calling me again. If you have no people to call, call others. So one day he was driving. And all of a sudden, the bike got steep to a certain direction. He couldn't change. He couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't stop. He was heading towards another direction. And he was heading to a pole, electric pole. And there was lights on it. And he climbed the pole. And the thing didn't fall. It was still going. And he said he was conscious. He didn't know what to do. He was going. He was going close to the wire. And he said, Lord, I know you are involved. I'll the gospel. I'll preach the gospel. And that was when the vehicle came down. And he fell down. He broke one of his legs. They let him fix it back. But when they fixed it back, it wasn't complete anymore. The leg was now one and a half. Till he died at the age of eight something. He preached with one and a half legs. He does like this. And preached the will of God. Not that God wanted to break his leg. But sometimes if breaking your leg will put you in the will of God. He wouldn't mind. Because when he checked killing Jesus. How many people will be saved? And he checked making him to be alive. How many people will be saved? He preferred killing him. What is that thing that you're struggling with that you can't let go just for God to use you? Bow your heads. What is that thing? And so when you find Jesus telling the disciples, I need you to pray for 10 days. Wait for the upper room and pray. They never prayed for a car. They never prayed for anything. Their prayer point was just, Lord, let thy will be done. Sometimes we are very hasty to say, let thy will be done on earth. Forget about on earth now. What about you? Let thy will be done in me. Let me do that thing that is in your mind, Lord. That is what it means. That thing that is in your desire. I want to be the one fulfilling that desire. Come on. The Bible says that children are like the spear in the hands of the parents. So what happens is that the hunter stands... And have a mind of going back with an antelope. And he has an arrow in his hands. And wants the arrow to enter into the neck of that antelope. And releases the arrow. And he wants the arrow to enter there. We are arrows before God. And he is the hunter. And all that God wants is God wants you to get into that target. And so the prayer of the arrow is, Lord, I don't want to miss my target. And the reason why we have to pray this prayer so much is because the enemy is the deceiver. Another name for Satan, the deceiver. The enemy is the deceiver. Satan deceives. Satan can make you stay 70 years in this world and not be the will of God. He can make you stay 80 years not being the will of God. He can make you do every other thing but not be will of God. I told you people the other day, I said, I told you that if God told you from now on, God said, I don't want you to read Bible again. Devil will tell you to read Bible. And the reason is because he's an opposer. He doesn't like what God likes. 
He hates what God likes and love what God hates. And he wants you to do the same to the one who created you. The will of God for your life. The will of God for my life. So when I finally accepted the call, I told God, God, if you wanted me to preach the gospel, why then did you make me to know how to sing? And he told me all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. I need you in my will. Don't try to be wiser than me. This is God talking to somebody right now. Don't try to be wiser than me. Don't try to advise me. I need you in my will. I want you perfect. I want you walking for me. And for some people who feel, God, if I work for you, how will I pay my bills? How will I do this? God said, I will feed you. I'll take care of you. How close you. Don't think that you are going to make money to make me rich. I'm already a rich God before I formed you. Before I formed you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but my heart is connected to over 80 persons in this home. God says, I need you in my will. Stop running away. Stop hiding. Stop giving excuses. I need you in my will. Come out of your will and come into my will. Come out of your will. Come out of your will. And come into my will. Except you are in the will of God. You are just wasting your life. Except you are in the will of God. You are just floating. Except you are in the will of God. God is not excited with you. And pastor, what is the will of God? If I may ask. The will of God is that nobody should perish. But all should come to repentance. Nobody. Even the witches in your village. God said, my will is no one should perish. Everyone should come to repentance. No one, no one, no one. Not even your president should perish. Not even the bad politician should perish. My will is nobody should perish. That occultic man, I don't want him to perish. My will is I want everyone because I didn't die for part of the church. I died for everybody. That's the will of God. And so if you are not saved, if God has not washed you with his blood, you are not in the will of God. If you are not saved, if Jesus has not washed you, you're not yet in the wheel. You're just floating around the wheel. I want to just stay in the wheel of God. Staying 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 in the wheel of God. Jesus gave them knives. No, 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 no. I don't want to die. I don't want this flesh to suffer. That's a lot of young people. If I choose to live for God, this flesh will suffer. I'll not have food to eat. I'll not have people to love me. Who will pay my fees? So I don't want my flesh to suffer. And Jesus said, if you come out of your will and move into my will, I'll take care of you. And even if I don't take care of you, I'll give you an expected end. Even if today looks so bad, I want you to understand that the reward that is coming on the way, the blessings that are coming on the way, the blessings and the glory of the latter time cannot be compared to the suffering of now. The zipping of Gary, the staying for God, the obeying God and loving God. 
that you are doing now will not be compared to the glory that you will have for being Jesus. For being Jesus. A lot of people say, I don't want to be with Jesus. I don't want to be a born again because I don't want to suffer. The yoke is just too much. The bondage is just too much. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. You see that burden you call my burden? My burdens are light. If you want to know if my yoke is easy and my burdens are light, enter into a cult and see if you won't give your mother. Enter into a secret cult and see if you won't give your children. I'm only telling you to give me your life. Surrender everything to me. And you feel my burdens are heavy. No, they are not heavy. They are very light. Most of you don't even understand that cultists enter fasting. You don't know that cultists enter fasting. Cultists enter fasting. You don't even know that real cultists, real occultists, enter fasting, real fasting, like 40 days. Stay inside coven. Stay inside a casket. Fasting inside a casket. No food. You don't know they do crazy things than us. If our only crazy thing is just going for Nakazo, preaching the gospel, entering into the streets, telling people about Jesus, living for Jesus. Cultists do more crazy things. They sleep with mad people. So Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burdens are light. I'm telling you to live for me. You feel my yoke is too much. It's very easy. It's very easy. Let's be upstanding everybody. Draw me nearer, blessed God, to the cross. Draw me nearer, blessed God, to the cross. Jesus said, my burdens, my yoke is easy. My burdens are light. To the cross without sand. Come on, sing it with all your heart. Draw me closer, draw me nearer. I don't want to be far away, draw me nearer. Bring me close till I'm lost in you. Listen, a book was written about disciple James that was killed. A book about how disciples died. It's just a background of how the disciples died that is not in the Bible. So in a book was written about how James was killed. And they said before they killed James, the Bible said James was killed and the church was quiet. And they went out and held Peter and the church prayed. Now the background about James' dead is that they took James, stood him before the Herod. And they told him, if you say, I'm not preaching Jesus again. He said, what? If you say that Jesus is fake, that he did not resurrect. Because James was the first pastor of the church after Jesus has gone. He was the leader of the church. And so he did not say anything. He said, I'd rather die for Jesus. And so he was beheaded. When he stood firm and they brought the knife. And he stood firm and they wanted to kill him. They gave the instruction. The army should kill him. 
And he closed his eyes and lifted up his neck for them to kill. And they killed him. One of the soldiers who killed him told the other people, this guy may be standing for something reasonable. For him to lift up his neck to be killed for Jesus, he means what he's saying. I want to join him. And they said, if you want to join him, then you must not leave this place. Because if you leave this place, you're going to divide our kingdom. And he said, I want to be beheaded alongside with him. He lifted up his neck and he was killed. One of the soldiers. He preferred dying in the will of God than enjoying not in the will. I'm talking about somebody who feels if I accept Jesus, my boyfriend won't take care of me anymore. They won't give me clothes anymore. They won't take care of me. Who will pay my fees? And so because of that, God, I'm giving you my life. That's going to be when I'm married. We don't even understand that we'll give God an account of what we did with every age. How many messages you have wasted, you will give an account. And I have just one more story for you. The story about one of the early believers. They were killed in some ways. These are people who decided to stand for God, preach the gospel. They decided to be for God and because of that they were hated, persecuted. And they were tortured. My children come to me. Sometimes they come and say, Daddy, I've passed through persecution in my house. Persecution. They will tell me I should not come to refine. I say, persecution. I say I've just slapped you. He said, no. He said, it's not persecution. Just go back and be coming to church. Get out. It's not persecution. I've just slapped you. He said, no. It's light affliction. Just go and enjoy your life. They did not give me transfer. They hate me coming to refine. I said, people went through things for Jesus. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you feel that the will of God is a plan. But I want to shock you. The will of God is a person. His name is Jesus. If you are in line with him, whatever thing he tells you to do, do it. Don't be in Jesus and choose what you need to do. And so some of the disciples who preach the gospel, they arrested them somewhere who preach the gospel and they put them in a cool room. The cool room was made up of a glass. So all of them were standing in the cool room. About 20 of them. 20 of them were standing. They couldn't sit. Because they chained them to the up of the cool room. And they were struggling. And the cool room was freezing. And the cool was too much. And the soldiers were watching them. And laughing. And when one dies. He falls down. Another dies. There were 20. He falls down. And another will die, he will fall down. And they were dying like that. When they got to five people left who were about to die, God opened the eyes. The problem we have is that sometimes our eyes are closed. And so you can be deceived by the enemy being in something else and refuse to be in the will of God, not knowing that your eyes are closed. And you can be jubilating in sin, enjoying drinking, living a worldly life and don't even follow Jesus. Not knowing that you are not in the will of God. So God just opened one of the soldiers eye. And he saw that when one of those disciples died, that angels around them, about in thousands, wearing white, singing marvelous song. When one dies, the soul of the person comes and they receive the person. And they are so happy. They are so happy. And he saw the joy and the celebration they did for the people. And he was now thinking about his job. What is doing? What am I doing here with this civil servant job? When people are doing the main thing. 
and people were dying and all of a sudden while he was staring at the crowd and staring at the reception of the people it was now one person left and when it was one person left he knocked the door and shouted and told the guy please come out let me take your place I see the glory but you see the pain come out come out come out I want to take your place I've seen the glory Do you see the pain but I see the glory? Do you see the suffering but I see the glory? Do you are seeing the lament? How much hungry you will be if you are in the will of God but I see the glory. The glory that is to come is bigger than our sufferings. He told the one guy that was left please come out. How much do you need? I want to get in to enjoy that glory. And the soldier friends of him were telling him what do you want to do? Are you crazy? If God opens your eyes to see what I'm seeing, you'll be more crazy than how I am. Bow your heads, everybody. One more time, I want you to pray this prayer. Draw me closer, draw me nearer. I just wanted to pray with all your heart. I don't know how you want to accept it. I don't know what you want to do. I don't know what God has asked you to do. I don't know how many of you are still living in sin. But wherever you are, I need you to open your heart, open your mind. As we sing the song, draw me closer. Draw me closer. Give me your voice. How I wish your hands were lifted up. Draw me Close your eyes, everybody. Bow your heads, everybody. One of my daughters came to me last week and told me she was acting like she was going insane. She was going to go mad. And I was so, so bothered about that. When she came to me, she said to me, Daddy, I'm not going mad. God wants me in his will. But I've been trying to fight his will. And that's why it looks like he's taking my head. If I can just be in his will, everything will be fine. I don't need drugs. I'm not going mad. I'm not going crazy. I don't need drugs. I don't need anything. I just need to be in his will. I asked her, what do you mean? She said, God said I should stay around people that are doing the things of God that wants to go to heaven. These are the people I want to stay with. These are the people I want to live with. These are the people I want to grow with. God said, I want you to preach the gospel. But too many times I like the flesh too much. That's why it's getting me crazy. And she said something to me so striking. She said, I'll be like this. I'll remain like this. I'll pick things in the streets. I'll go mad if I don't do his will. I want you to bow your heads, everybody. Bow your heads, everybody. I want to pray for you right now. The will of God is so serious that that's your destiny. That's the only thing you were born to do. I'm glad about your occupations. I'm glad you're a doctor. I'm glad you're a lawyer. But that was not the reason why you came. You came to be in his will. The real target was to be in his will. His will is that nobody should perish. So you either choose to be one of the persons who have decided not to perish. About this, 
advancement is that you choose to be among people who make sure nobody perishes. And so two, one is I won't perish. I'll try as much as I can. I won't perish. I'll live sin and walk into righteousness because I don't want to perish. I'll accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior because I can't perish. I don't want to perish. That is one. That's the primary. And the secondary is that God, I know the people who are making people not to perish are very few. So I want to get into the field too. I want to be a pastor. I want you to call me. We believe here that you don't even need to be called by God. Sometimes you need to get God an attention. God, I need you to send me. Here am I. Send me. God, pick me. Use me. I don't want my brother to perish. I don't want those smokers to perish. For somebody that God delivered from smoking, you, God delivered you as a smoker for smokers. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody right now. You were a prostitute before you were saved. You need to know that God delivered you from prostitution, gave you the experience for people who are prostitutes now. God wants you to see them struggling and tell them I've gone through this. He didn't pay me anything. Jesus pays better than prostitution. Bow your heads, everybody. I'm trying to pray for you right now. If you're here, you want to give your life to Jesus. I don't want you to be ashamed. Our eyes are closed. I need you to be upstanding and lift your hands above your head to Jesus right now as I pray for you. If you want to Jesus to be your Lord, thank you for lifting up your hands. If you want Jesus to be your Lord, you want to be in the will of God, lift your hands up. This is the primary reason why we come to church. I want to pray for you right now. God forbid that you live 70 years out of the will of God. God forbid you live and die. And just remember, after dying, you just know. So God said it was not real. I thought sleeping with all the girls. I thought the girl coming to my house accepting me. And I thought that was your will. I didn't know I was not real. I want you to just be bold enough to lift your hands up. I'm praying for you right now. I'm praying for you from this altar of grace. I need you to lift your hands up. Lift it like you're not ashamed of Jesus. Lift it like you're bold. Lift it like you're happy to belong to Jesus. Lift it like that person who tells the person inside the block. Come out. I want you to come out. I've seen a better life inside the cool room than out here. Lift your hands up. Thank God we are more than 10. Thank God we are up to 15. Lift it up. We are praying right now. Thank you, Jesus. As you're lifting up your hands, start praying for yourself. Start praying for yourself. Say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, you found me today. Thank you, you found me today. Thank you, you've held my hands today. Thank you. You've set me up today to save me. Lift your hands up. Your prayer is just one minute, so lift your hands up. We don't have time. Let's conclude this aspect so we can get to something else. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this hands lifted up. Who is still ashamed of Jesus? Have you forgotten the scripture that says, if you are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Lift your hands up. Who is still ashamed of Jesus? Who is still ashamed of this Jesus? I love him more than silver. I love him more than gold. I love him more than money. I love him more than fame. Who can say Jesus? I love you more than fame. I know of a young friend of mine who lived to you. A secular artist lived to you. Went to Lagos. Entered a cult and came back and told me. I've now belong. I'm going to blow very soon. I was preaching to him. He told me, Pastor, leave that thing. You can't blow in music except to belong. I've now belonged. And he came back. It's been seven years ever since he belonged. <sighs> I've not seen how blowing I just blown. And well, is it about blowing like Davido? Or having your soul saved on the last day? People say, I just want to make name. 
I've told you last Sunday that the best way to make name is not to give birth to many children. It's to write your name in the book of life. That's the best way to make name. I need my name to stay for a long time. Lift your hands up. I want to pray for you right now. Father, thank you for the hands lifted up. Thank you for the hands lifted up. Can you say this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I'm here in your presence today. Thank you because you found me. Jesus, I've accepted you as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Jesus, be a God over my life. I want to be your servant. I want to be your child. I want to be the one submitting to your will. Jesus, thank you for finding me in your world. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for making me who I am today. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for getting to the will so that I can be in the will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He has answered your prayers. Wave your hands together for Jesus. That's wonderful. Wave your hands. My Yabosi Kabaradakaya. I want to pray for people who say I want to preach the gospel. I will be a pastor. I want to preach the gospel. We have a pastor school here. We are training people free of charge. We have up to 100 pastors in training right now. If you want to be a pastor wherever you are, lift your hands up. I want to pray a special prayer of grace for you right now. I never knew I was going to be a pastor. When the old woman told me I was going to be a pastor, I doubted her. But many years after, I saw myself in the will of God. You can do better than I'm doing right now. You can do better than every other pastor is doing. If you can just lift your hands right now, I'm going to pray for you. Just lift your hands up. I'm praying for you. I've seen one. I've seen two. Glory to Jesus. Who else is lifting up his hands? You may not know how to preach. We'll teach you how to preach. You may not know how to For a long time, we'll teach you how to pray. Thank God for that hand lifted up too. You may not know what to do. We'll teach you what to do. I never knew what it entails to be a pastor. The Holy Spirit taught me everything. Lift your hands up. Praying for you right now. Father, I pray for the hands lifted up. Treat them like pastors from today. Treat them like pastors. Open their eyes like pastors. Speak to them like pastors. Let their conscience be as alive. As that as pastors, Lord. Don't let them play with sin. Give them a living conscience. Talk to them in the private. And Lord Jesus, have a place in your kingdom for them to function. I bind the spirit of doubt. I bind the spirit of starting something and going back. I bind demons and powers of darkness that may want to drag their feet into coolness. And Lord Jesus, I decree in the name of Jesus that they are energized for the walk ahead right now. In the name of Jesus. Your amen is so poor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All the people that want to be pastor, I need you to come over. Let me have a handshake with you right now. Just come closer. Let me.